1: NY or text HOPE NY in New York.
2: Hello again everybody. Welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips joined by Gamecock legend Kip Balknight. Kip won the Golden Spikes Award back in 2000 and he joins us each week here on Gamecock Central Radio to talk Gamecock baseball. Kip, another disappointing weekend for the Gamecocks. You know they picked up two wins during the uh, midweek portion of the schedule last week, beating PC and then having a rally from five runs down to beat Liberty at home last Wednesday night. So the Gamecocks at least you know had won these two games going on the road to Missouri. And for the second weekend in a row, Kip, the Gamecocks win on Friday night. Carolina got an outstanding performance from Will Crow. Seven innings, a four-hit ball for Will Crow. Friday night as Carolina won, but Missouri comes back to take... Games two and three, Kip. So you know that's another SEC series loss for the Gamecocks. You said last week that Carolina would need to go seven and two over the last nine games, and they lost their two this weekend, Kip. Yeah,
3: tough, uh, tough weekend really for, for the Gamecocks and, uh, and and how things finished, uh, you know, late in the games. But um, they, uh, they their backs are definitely to a wall if, if they weren't already, but they definitely are now, and uh, they're going to have to do everything they can to, to, to win the remaining games they have and in the record season and also produce some uh, wins in the SEC tournament, I think, they have a chance for postseason play.
2: A 4-3 to three Carolina victory on Friday night behind that strong outing from Will Crow. He gave up two earned runs, uh, but just four hits in seven innings. Josh Reagan got two outs, and then Tyler Johnson came on and pitched the final inning in a third. So Johnson got the last four outs. Just six hits in the game for Missouri. Carolina picked up two runs in the fifth, two more in the sixth. Missouri got one in the eighth, but it was a 4-3 to three Gamecock victory. And, you know, good clean baseball, Kip. And Jonah Bride had a big night at the plate, two for two with two runs scored and two RBIs, and Hunter Taylor had two runs knocked in as well for the Gamecocks. Kip, I remember uh, maybe it was last year that you said that, uh, you know, When you look at a big league game and a team wins a game the way they'd like to, you know, it's seven innings for the starter. The setup man gets an inning, or maybe in in the Gamecocks case, Josh Reagan got two-thirds of an inning. And then the closer comes in for a full inning. Or Friday night, in Carolina's case, Tyler Johnson got four outs. He pitched an inning and a third. So it was just a good, clean Carolina win. Friday night, and we thought Carolina was set up, you know, to have a good weekend. If you, you know Carolina had struggled to win the first game of the series, I think it was five SEC series in a row. Carolina lost the first game.
3: Yeah, you no, know, again, it was a, a tough one. And, and and you know, talking about a little bit of, of, of the bullpen and how we we tend to use that at the end of the game. I think the biggest point I'd like to make is that we we just don't. Our relievers, uh, I, and again, I don't know this for a fact, Emerson, but I, I bet over 85% of the time when a reliever comes in the game, especially sixth inning on, it's in the middle of an inning. And, you know, that that's just constant pressure on a reliever. And it's um, it also, from a starter's perspective and just a, an overall pitcher's perspective, sometimes it's actually good to be taken out of a game and see a pitcher actually get mad that he got taken out of a game. I mean, I can remember plenty of times coming out of a game, you know, the, the manager or pitching coach telling me after I finish my fifth inning or sixth inning or seventh inning, okay, Kip, you're done, we're going to the bullpen, and being mad about that, thinking I had more. But th- there's got to be a time where, whether it's the pitching coach, the manager, whoever it is, has a little bit of a feel for the game. Okay. He's done. You know, like Josh Reagan, I think he had 40 pitches. He had walked three guys, uh, in the seventh, escaped it to where we still had the lead, but we still sent him back out in the eighth. Now, that's one of two things. It's either a complete lack of confidence in anybody else other than, uh, Tyler Johnson, which obviously has not pitched very well lately. Um, but, um, or it it just sends a message of just there's there's no one else there. And I can't say enough about how difficult it is to come in with runners on. Now, I know some relievers love that. They thrive for that. Um, And and that's okay, too. But there's something to be said about, okay, a starter goes six or seven innings. You bring in a reliever, throws an inning. And then having a reliever coming in, being able to start a clean inning and – Pitch from the windup if he wants to, uh, but most importantly, nobody out, nobody on. This is my inning. My job's to come in and do that. And um, we just haven't seen that this year. We've seen a lot of times where they're just they're having to come in, and I and I, I quite frankly didn't understand on Sunday. We had uh, uh, Josh Reagan in the game, and it was one out, and we're winning. I think it, we're winning by one run. I think the score was three, not three to two, but we're winning by one run. And we chose to leave Josh Reagan in, he gives it up, and then we bring in Tyler Johnson. So if if your closer's gonna come in for a five out save or or for five outs, why would you not bring him in for a five out save? You know, that that would be my question is um you had an opportunity, our backs are obviously against the wall. If Tyler Johnson's your guy, you know, we just chose and then maybe they're just looking at matchups. Maybe they felt like uh you know, um, the matchup was better with Reagan against the righty that, uh, I think had been hurt for the last two or three weeks. And, um, you know, he, he, ends up hitting the breaking ball out to right field for a base hit that, uh, you know, ends up scoring the tying run. So I, I don't know. I just, um, a little, little, it's a little frustrating watching just how we're using our bullpen late in the game because I feel like it's, it's just not setting us up for the success that I feel like our guys could be having.
2: Game two on Saturday, South Carolina got a home run from Carlos Cortez, a solo homer with two outs in the inning to right center. Cortez hit his eighth home run of the season to give Carolina a 3-1 to lead, but then Missouri would come back and tie the game in the bottom half of the fifth inning. They got a couple of runs there, and then they took a 4-3 to lead in the bottom of the sixth inning with a solo home run to right field from Cameron Misner. That was his fifth homer of the year, and then Missouri added an insurance run in the seventh inning, to account for the final score, there five to three, Missouri on Saturday, and then Sunday's game yesterday again. Kip, the Gamecocks had to lead three to two in the fifth inning, but gave it up late. So I don't, the bullpen has been a concern of late here, Kip, and really all season long. So now we're down to four games left, Kip. We got a mid uh, midweek game with USC Upstate this week and then three games at home against the Georgia Bulldogs to wrap up the season. And Georgia's playing much better ball late in the year. Yeah, they
3: are. I mean, it's amazing to sit here and think that um, that we're an underdog this weekend. I mean, I don't know of anybody, unfortunately, in the SEC, if we played them now, that that we would not necessarily be an underdog. And that's just a shame. I don't know where. Uh, you know, it's been a tough year, and obviously there's been a lot of one-run games and the argument is, uh, you know, they've got five, six, seven games. If they were wins, I mean, we'd be talking about this team getting hot and hosting a regional. So are they that bad? Are they that uh, – is it that bad of a season? You know, you have to look at it from a positive standpoint, I think, if you're the players and coaching staff, obviously. and I mean, heck, look at what Frank Martin was able to turn around. And, and I mean, there were people wanting to fire him you know, with two or three weeks left in the basketball season, and they end up going to the Final Four. So, I mean, its uh, is there a chance? Is there an opportunity? Yeah, but I do think there's got to be a lot of changes made. And what I see on the pitching staff, more times than not, no matter who's pitching, when we pitch afraid to contact, when we're afraid to pitch to contact, things go downhill. And um, I, I just look at Josh Reagan, and I watch him, and I just think in his role – It it makes it's just it's it's very very difficult for him to have a ton of success uh, because he's a guy that you know late in the game he's been shell shocked. Unfortunately, he's given up that big hit, that big home run, and he feels like now he has to just not necessarily strike everybody out, but make a bat, make a guy miss. And um, I just think he's a guy that could easily probably. One, 10, 12, 13 games for us as a starter. Uh, you know, be, even on the weekend, I really think he could be a Sunday starter and do well. Um, or, um, be that, be that middle guy, be the guy that throws to, you know, for coming in for a guy like, uh, Hill that maybe only throws, you've got a high pitch count and only throws five innings, throwing that 7th, seventh, eighth inning and then bring it into your, to your closer for the ninth. But, um, they, they have got to pitch aggressively. They got to, trust their stuff and I just see too many wasted pitches that you know if you're scouting uh, you're scouting for it and you're facing Carolina you just you look late and you just know uh, there, there's not you know you look back at that injury that Madison Stokes had I mean not that that guy's certainly not trying to hit Madison Stokes but the fact I mean you, you know you you've got to hit some guys at some point in time you got to make them feel uncomfortable at the plate part of Being a good pitcher is is all about disrupting the hitter's timing and making them feel uncomfortable. If they're standing in there and they don't ever have to worry about a ball coming in and buzzing in close to their hands or or a hitter having to move their feet, all they're having to do, they're locked in and they're just looking out over the middle of the plate. I mean, hitting's pretty easy then. And um, so it's, uh, you know, we've obviously been – uh, you know, picking a little bit, and not being aggressive, and when you don't have good stuff, and trust me, I, I I say that because I've experienced that. I did not have great stuff, but I know whenever I struggled, and when I struggled the most was whenever I was just kind of picking around and trying to be perfect instead of trusting my stuff, using the plate to my advantage, using the strike zone, and getting into pitchers' counts as opposed to look at how many times we're in two zero 20, two one three one. Uh, even if we get it at o two we're not putting guys away because we're we're, we're wasting pitches, and um, that's uh, certainly something I think that they can they can make that adjustment quickly, but that's going to have to come from the coaching staff they're going to have to see that and implement that with the players
2: Gamecock central Radio here, Emerson Phillips with Gamecock great Kip Balk Knight. you can download the Gamecock Central radio app on the app store and on Google Play. To subscribe to our podcast, search for the Gamecock Central Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or just visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. So we're down to the last four games here, Kip. We'll have a Tuesday night game at home against USC Upstate. That'll be a 7 o'clock start, and then the Georgia Bulldogs come to town for the last three games of the regular season. 7 o'clock Thursday, we start Thursday this week, 7 o'clock Thursday, 7 o'clock first pitch Friday, and then a 3 o'clock start on Saturday. That's kind of SEC tradition to play the last game or the last series of the regular season starting on Thursday night. And then we're off to Hoover for the SEC tournament, Kip. Georgia was swept by Florida in late April, but over the last two weekends, they have taken two out of three from a Kentucky team that was ranked as high as number four in the country. And this past weekend, They took two out of three from a Mississippi State team that's ranked as high as number six in the country. And Georgia got great pitching this weekend. They only gave up one run in the second game of the series. And another single run allowed in the third game of that series as well. So Georgia's coming in hot right now, Kip. And, you know, they're still well under five hundred in the SEC. They're tw- or they're 9-18 and in the league. But they're still thinking about postseason play here. Uh, you know, if they can sweep the Gamecocks and then make a run in Hoover, they could still conceivably get into the NCAA tournament based on the fact that they're playing the best baseball of the season right now. So Georgia comes in red hot. It's the first time since 2008 – that Georgia has beaten two top ten opponents in consecutive weekends in SEC play. So Georgia's coming in looking good. Kip, the Gamecocks, you know, have been on this downslide really the entire second half of the season or more. Carolina needs a sweep. Georgia needs a sweep. Should make for interesting baseball this weekend at Founder's Park.
3: Yeah, it should. I mean, South Carolina certainly uh, not in the position they want to be in, but um, you know, they they just got to go out and produce, and uh, hopefully they. Are not so shell shocked and just down that, that there's not the energy that that needs to be. Uh, they, they're going to have to, I think, you know, look in the mirror and do it themselves. Because I highly doubt that it'll be a good turnout of fans this weekend. Uh, they they need to focus on what they can control and what they can control is going out there playing hard and uh, playing with a lot of heightened awareness, a lot of intensity. A lot of, uh, a will to win and, um, they, they don't need to be making comments about where the fans at and this, that and the other. They need to control what they can control. Our fans have showed if we're producing and we're winning, they'll be there. And, um, they, the fans obviously are not happy right now. I mean, I, I, I sense that I talk to folks every day, uh, all day long, every business I go in. So most of the time they're talking about Carolina baseball. So. Uh, I, uh, I get it. I understand. But from a player's perspective, these guys need to just go out and do their job and play hard and, uh, play with a sense of, you know, get pissed off. I mean, play, play, you know, if you're a pitcher, go out and throw a complete game. I mean, do what, uh, what's his name for, uh, Missouri did to, you know, did to y'all on Saturday. I mean, he went out and, yeah, he went out and pitched with a vengeance. I mean, he, he looked like he was going to run through a brick wall from about the fifth inning on. I haven't seen that look on any of our pitchers. I don't think I've seen it all season. Maybe Schmidt at times. Maybe Will Crow at times. But at some point in time, you know, we can sit here and talk about managerial decisions and pitching decisions, this, that, and the other. But at some point in time, these players are going to have to hold themselves accountable as well. They're going to have to go out. Chad Holbrook's never hit a baseball for South Carolina. And Jerry Myers has never pitched a baseball for South Carolina. Now, having said that, with all due respect, I love them both like dads, but, you know, they can only do so much. And these players have got to, they've got to go out and and show some ownership and, and uh, go out and produce. And, um, I understand that, you know, fans may be upset with some of the coaching decisions and things that are going on. And I personally don't agree with everything either, but I also didn't agree with everything that Greg Tanner did either. And I played for him and I love him, you know, but, we bought into it and we believed in it, and uh, still it was up to us as players to execute. And that's what those guys got to go out and do this weekend.
2: All right, the Gamecocks are thirty and twenty-one overall. South Carolina's twelve and fifteen in the SEC now, so they really need that sweep over Georgia this weekend to get them back to five hundred in SEC play. And consensus uh, by the baseball pundits across the country is that if you're a five hundred team in the SEC you're good enough to be in the NCAA tournament. So Carolina will have to sweep Georgia this weekend to get back to 500 in league play. Uh, Otherwise, they're going to have to do some serious work in Hoover, and that will be a daunting task because the Gamecocks do not have a good track record at the SEC tournament in Hoover. So we'll see how things play out this weekend. Kip, thanks very much for your time. We appreciate your expertise and your input. Thank you.
3: Thanks very much, Emerson.
2: All right, that's Kip Balknight, and I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio Baseball Talk today here on GCR. Thanks for joining us.
1: dot com in Kansas one eight seven 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 zero. Stop in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here visit gambling helpline MA.org or call eight hundred 327 5050 twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight Hope.